0: Hello and welcome to Landings with a Flare, the podcast where we supplement and support flight training. This is Captain Teresa. This conversation was recorded on the audio platform called Clubhouse. You will likely hear some variation in audio quality as speakers tune in from around the world. We hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversations. Welcome aboard. Let's talk about requirements for a certificate. First of all, minimum ages. I believe this varies from country to country. Does anyone know the minimum age to fly solo in a powered airplane? Enrique?
1: In Brazil, that's 18 years old.
0: Okay. In the United States, it's 16 years old. And actually, to fly solo in a hot air balloon or a glider. Does anyone know that one for your country? In the United States, that's 14 years old. So if you really want to get started early. Okay, to get a private pilot certificate or a sport pilot certificate, what are the minimum ages in your countries?
1: 18 as well.
0: Okay, interesting. In the United States, it's 17. Aviate, did you want to contribute to what the minimum ages were where you are?
2: Yes. Um, it, it should be 16 years old. One should be 16 years old in South Africa.
0: Excellent. And is that 16 years old to fly solo?
2: Um, I think it's the same also.
0: Okay. And then do you know what it is to get the private pilot certificate? Is that 17?
2: Yes. It, it It's synonymous with uh, the U.S. system. Everything that they do is standardized.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Okay. So to get the commercial pilot certificate, Enrique, what is it in Brazil?
1: Uh, I don't know. If you can rush things, that remains on, on the 18 years old as well. There's no minimum requirement. I can double check that if you give me one minute.
0: Sure. Okay, it's 18 years old in the United States. Obviate, does that match what you would know from Africa?
2: Yes, it, it it's still the same. Because for one to get the commercial license, they would have completed the PPL. So it simply means one is simply upgrading on the rating from the PPL.
0: Excellent. And do you know if that involves every country on the African continent, or is that some specific countries?
2: It involves most of the countries.
0: Okay, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you're here and thank you very much for contributing as well. I'm really glad. Enrique?
1: I'm back and I just confirmed that the minimum requirements both for the private and for the commercial is 18 years old here in Brazil.
0: Okay, great. Well, I mean, it is a big responsibility so that's why there are age limits on it. And then, the harder one that a lot of people might not know, but in the United States, to become an airline transport pilot, that's the captain of a like an airline jet, the minimum age is 23. Now let's talk about the medical requirements. So different countries do require different types of flight physicals and different types of certificates, and it will vary depending on what type of flying or level of license you want to use. Would anyone like to start with a general overview of how it is in your country? Let's start with Enrique.
1: Okay, so in order to to do your private pilot training, you need to have at least a second class medical certificate here in Brazil. To go to your commercial or if you want to do your instrument rating, During your private pilot, you need to have at least a first-class medical certificate.
0: Excellent, excellent. And then Enrique is speaking about classes of medical certificates. Would anyone like to explain that for the United States or for other countries? June?
3: In Canada, just for PPL, you only need a category 3. It's different with category 1 because based on the the time, actually, the category one, which is for the airline, it's one year after, after you hit 39, every half year you have to do once. But for the category three, you only do in three months, no, three years. After you hit 39, you're doing in every one half year, actually.
0: Okay, excellent. So in the United States, I believe it's closer to Canada, we have class one, two, and three. A class three is required for a private pilot, and then a class two is required for a commercial pilot, and then a class one is required for an airline transport pilot to be a captain. So that is something we're going to cover more later. We're going to cover that in the regulation section, and also we're going to have four episodes where we have an aviation medical examiner speak about it. The aviation medical examiner is the type of doctor who's allowed to do the flight physicals for pilots, so a lot more to come on that, but there will be certain physical or medical requirements as well. And then there's also something called the Basic Med in the United States, which is kind of like an alternative uh, to medical certification as well. Okay, so now let's talk about language requirements. Are there any special language requirements in your country to be a pilot? Let's start with Enrique.
1: Here in Brazil, there is no uh, requirements for for English, for example, However, that's an international requirement. In order to cross any international border, you need to have ICAO Level 4. That's an ICAO requirement. So, for example, you can be a private pilot, and if you want to cross a border, you need to get your English test with our CEA. If you are a foreigner and you want to come up to Brazil and get your training here, you need to be able to speak and write fluently in Portuguese because the, the candidate is supposed to to know how to communicate and write in Portuguese here.
0: Nice, nice. And June.
3: Yes, in Canada the the only thing is the IKO, IKO four or the French. You don't do the writing exam. You're just having phone call with the examiner.
1: John, that's really interesting. How does it work, for example, when you are doing your training and you need to cross between a region that speaks English to a region that speaks French? How does it yes, work? That,
3: that's a, a lot of requirement actually, for the ATC. They have to speak both language. Oh, interesting. And whatever you fly, for example, you fly from Toronto to Montreal or to Quebec, which is... Uh, Mostly the region. If you listen to one to six, seven, the people will shifting from the English to French. If you're in Montreal, probably they will initially contact with you on French. But if you're in Toronto or other region, they probably contact you with the English at the beginning.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that is interesting here in Brazil. So, for example, even though you're not required to to speak English to the ATC. You are required, if you're a Brazilian, to speak in Portuguese with them. If you start a conversation in English, you are not supposed to to switch back in the middle of the conversation, back to Portuguese. You are supposed to carry on the whole conversation or the interaction in English with them. You're not supposed to keep jumping back and forth between Portuguese and English. That's a a caveat from the regulations here.
0: Very interesting.
1: Yeah, English
2: is the basic requirement in South Africa. You have to have it so you can be able to communicate.
0: Excellent. Thank you for contributing that. So what is pretty common around the world is most countries allow for... English is considered to be like a base language that all controllers, air traffic controllers, need to know. But then if you're just flying locally in your own country... In many countries, you are allowed to speak the local language. It does depend a bit from country to country. And we've spoken more about this in some other sessions as well. Now, June, you mentioned the ICAO levels of certification. ICAO is the International Civil Aviation Organization with the International Rules. And there are actually six levels of English certification that they allow with the 6th being like really good native speaker. So pilots who want to go beyond just flying like a private pilot license to flying more internationally will have to have these English proficiency tests and get their levels tested. Any other comments on that?
1: The minimum requirement for you to be able to fly and get hired that counts for your career would be level 4, 5, and six. So level four, it's considered operational, and it, you pretty much can, can communicate and understand some basic s- instructions, and you are not a major hazard for, for flying uh, regarding communications. Then you would have level five that would be considered an expert, and level six would be considered native or fluent in the English language. And the assessment and the tests, it varies from, from country to country, from authority to authority, and the validity of those tests varies as well. But usually speaking, level six, that's granted for life. You don't need to keep retesting. As I said, it's valid for life. Level five uh, usually have a longer duration. So, for example, here in Brazil, level five, it's valid for six years, and level four is valid for four years. So if if you get granted level four, you need to take your test each four years and you are assessed in five categories.
0: Excellent, thank you so much for saying that. Okay, so most countries have a language requirement and in the United States, of course, you'll be assessed for English, but you might be assessed for different languages in different countries. Okay, there's one final requirement that we want to speak about. And then we're going to end for today. Let's talk about a final requirement that some governments have. And that is a security requirement. Often there are some type of background check or something like that to make sure that you are not a terrorist and that learning how to fly won't be used in a, a dangerous or malicious manner. Does anyone want to speak about the background checks in their countries? Are there background checks in your country?
3: Actually, if you're just a student, no. But if you actually want to start in work, you have to pass the airport security check.
0: Ah, okay, that makes sense. And obvious.
2: Oh, yes. Definitely in South Africa, they have them. You need to have a police clearance that checks out your background so that you can have a
1: study visa.
0: Okay, yeah. Enrique.
1: So from the Civil Aviation Authority, there is no background check. They cannot assess you from that perspective. However, from the hiring company, from the airport authority that will grant you access to the ramp or to the air side of the airport, they can do that background check. So they will be the, the security net in that case but not the, the the Civil Aviation Authority.
0: That's good to know. So in the United States, there are background checks. You have to either prove that you are a United States citizen, or if you're not, that's okay, but you have to go through a special website where you apply for a background check, and then you'll get fingerprinted. And there's a fee, I think it, last I checked, it was around $130. And you will work with a flight school notifying the flight school that you intend to do the check because then the government will contact the flight school and ask them if they know who you are. So you can find out more information on that, but that is also a possible requirement to be a pilot. So we've talked about a lot of requirements to be a pilot. We've talked about age, medical certificates, language, and sometimes security And then if you want to be a professional pilot, also just remember that they're probably going to do background checks to make sure you haven't committed any crimes, especially alcohol-related violations can hurt your career. Like, for example, if you got caught drunk driving or something like that, that can have a negative impact on your career. Those aren't necessarily government regulations. Those will be your employer's regulations. Even some things like you still have to be careful about driving tickets like speeding tickets. Some airlines do not like tattoos that are visible. So if you like tattoos, then think about how you can wear them where They'll be covered up by a uniform and that kind of thing. Some pilots get them on their arms and then they have to wear long sleeves for their whole career. So it's your personal choice, but you should just know that there might be implications on that. So there are other background checks and things like that that you might have to pass for employers, but I think we covered a lot of the basics for how to just get a government certificate. Any final thoughts or anything to add about requirements? Okay, great. This is Captain Teresa. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you were one of the people being recorded, I thank you. If you were one of the people that we edited out of this recording, I beg your forgiveness. There were many reasons that this episode may have been edited, including length, audio quality, and accuracy. We don't always have the right answers. I ask you to view this as entertainment and not as a replacement for formal instruction or advice. If you want to send constructive feedback or if you have questions, feel free to contact us through our website. Landingswithaflare.com. You can view announcements on our Instagram account, landings with a flare. You can also join our live conversations on Clubhouse in the club pilot flight training. If you got value out of this podcast, please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a positive review. Wherever you are in the world, we wish you happy landings.